Blog Talk Radio. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Drop that puck! 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 Take a seat, because you've just been sent to the sin bin with your host, Recently returned from his forced deportation to Canada and that country's subsequent refusal to accept him, Paul Rogers! All right. I want to welcome everyone back to our podcast once again. This is Otto. This is, uh, this is episode six. Of the Seattle Sinbang. Can you believe we've done six? This is our sixth episode now? You know what? I'm actually, I honestly thought that I would be crashing and burning by after the first episode. So I'm glad I made it six. Hopefully, we can do a lot more of these. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, um, we've actually um, had really good guests so far, and I think that's really helped us survive. And uh, I personally, I'm just having fun with it. I mean, if, if no one else is listening but us, I'm having fun with it. Um, of course, then we could just talk on the phone if that was the case. But um, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's going pretty well. I, I think uh, I think we're evolving as a show, and I hope people like it. Um, and you know, we've had some great guests. I mean, we had ESPN's Craig Custins, we've had uh, Chris Daniels, we've had Brian Robinson, we've had the people from the UW Hockey, we've had the the gentleman from the Roosevelt uh, Community Sports Center. And tonight's going to be no different. We've got uh, maybe the best guest so far. If you if you think about uh, local hockey in Seattle, and that is John Barr. What do you think? What do you think of John Barr? No, John, John's a great guy. I've met him several times uh, through the the hockey hangout, and and he's been you know he's been a supporter of NHL to Seattle for a long time, and you know well before uh, some of the other you know, recent developments have been happening. So John has, de- he's definitely been part of the hockey community for a long time. And, you know, I, you know, he's definitely done a lot for the community and, and just kind of spreading that knowledge and spreading that information. You know, if you go to his website, you, you know, he has a ton of great information there about the kind of market Seattle is, about how well, of a, how well, how good of a uh, NHL market Seattle is. So, John, you know, he's done a lot for the game in Seattle, and I, you know, I continue to see great things coming from him. Right. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to what he has to say, looking forward to when he calls in. He's going to call in the next segment. And you mentioned his website. John's website is called NHLToSeattle.com. That is NHLToSeattle.com. And he also has a great Facebook page that you'd want to check out. So I encourage everyone to check out both the website and check out his Facebook page as well. Um, and give his Facebook page a like. And speaking of Facebook pages, uh, uh, did we have the Facebook page up and running for the last episode, or did we just start that? Uh, it seems like it's only been, what, six or seven days that uh, yeah, Facebook I, page has been up, haven't it? Yeah, we, I and, think we started to actually start the Facebook group or uh, page last Tuesday. I'm not sure if it was before or after uh, last week's podcast, but it's been up about a week. Okay. So we really encourage uh, everyone to check out our Facebook page. Um, and, and it's just called the Seattle Sin Bin, just like uh, the show. 
Uh, and of course, continue to come to, to SonicsRising.com to check out all the latest news and rumors regarding the the effort to bring back the NBA uh, and the effort to bring the NHL for the first time. Um, and today, uh, there there's some news that came out, Otto, uh, out of Las Vegas. As as many of you know, uh, there there's heavy rumors right now that the NBA, or excuse me, that the NHL is going to expand to Las Vegas in the near future. And uh, back in January, the, the NHL allowed uh, the owners of, or the potential owners of the Las Vegas franchise to begin a season ticket drive to, to kind of gauge interest in that market. Uh, they had a goal of, ten, of signing 10,000 people up, uh, paying a 10% deposit even. And uh, Otto, I understand that... Uh, they they have met that goal, that initial goal, and now they're moving on to phase two. What's involved with phase two of that drive? Yeah, well, so every, everything that I've seen or read, basically what they're going to do is they're going to start now going after the larger businesses and larger casinos um, to you know to really uh, get that corporate side of the, of the ticket uh, ticket allotment. Um, and then what you know, I saw one of the sources uh, indicate that. You know, many of the businesses and individuals didn't want to buy season tickets unless they had signs, positive signs from the NHL that the NHL was serious about Las Vegas. So, you know, all you know, all things look look looking like the NHL is pretty uh, pretty serious about uh, Las Vegas, and now they're kind of moving to that second phase to sell to sell season tickets to casinos and cor- larger corporations. Yeah. And I really encourage people to head over to ESPN.com. I mean, not right now, but check later on when you're not listening to our podcast or reading this article. Uh, check out the, the article at ESPN.com uh, where they're talking about this. Um, but the potential owner, uh, Mr. Foley, it, it sounds like he's hoping for an, an announcement of some kind pretty soon, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I believe his thought that it, it's going to be soon. Maybe not in the next few days, but it's not going to be multiple months. So, you know, we're you know we're probably looking. You know, I know there there there's rumors or possible hope that, um, you know, it might happen in the next couple of months. Um, so, I I I think I you know it looks really positive for Las Vegas that there'll be some sort of announcement in the next couple of months. Right. All right. And, uh, you know, it seems like uh, May and June might be big months uh, for many different things. And uh, from uh, it seems like there's going to be news breaking in Milwaukee regarding, you know, the the effort to build an arena there. And that has direct impacts on, you know, well, maybe not as direct, but that's got a big, big impact on the Seattle area. Um, And, it sounds like uh, May and June is going to be a big month for Vegas as far as the NHL. Um, you know, they, they've got um, an award. The NHL has an award ceremony in June. How do you think uh, that award ceremony and any uh, NHL meetings uh, might congregate together to, you know, come up with this big announcement? How do you think this is going to go? Right. Well, the the uh, NHL award ceremony is actually held in Las Vegas <clears throat> at the end of June, so you know there there is some thought that perhaps the NHL will would use that platform to announce uh, NHL expansion to Las Vegas. 
uh, and announcing it uh, for to start play in 2016-2017. Also, also the board of governors they're, they're meeting on uh, June 24th. So you know it's it's coming soon. We're we're probably about two and a half months um, to to that uh, end of June deadline where the board of governors are going to meet and and decide if everything is looking good uh, in regards to uh, the you know the, the season ticket drive in Las Vegas and the corporate corporate support in Las Vegas that they would uh, they would then decide to make a announcement of expansion. And with a possible expansion fee of between 450 and 500 million dollars, so that's that's a, that's wow. a big big chunk of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, May, May is going to be such a huge month in Seattle. I mean, we've got the NHL, the Vegas uh, decisions coming up. We've got the Milwaukee decisions coming up, and of course, the big thing for Seattle in May, we've got the due date on May 7th. Um, for the final uh, environmental impacts uh, study. And uh, the mayor has stepped in and called for transparency and set that as a due date. Um, And, you know, I I have every reason to believe they're going to make that due date or it will be a disaster. But it seems like, um, you know, I I guess we hockey fans are kind of hoping that there's an NHL first discussion going on behind the scenes. And maybe it will surprise us. Maybe they'll surprise us when the FEIS comes out and say, hey, guess what? Not only is the FEIS coming out, coming out today, but we have a deal uh, for NHL First for the city councils to consider. And, you know, if that takes place, um, it seems like the timing of that could set up something pretty cool for Seattle in, you know, during the Vegas expansion discussions. Um, but it also, you know, maybe – if they come out May 7th and say, you know what, we're, we're discussing it, you know, we're all sitting down at the table and discussing it. Um, right. you know, it seems like, you know, that would be good for Seattle, of course. Uh, but I think a lot of people worry that if Vegas gets expansion before Seattle is ready, that that could, could negatively impact us. But, uh, I don't think so. I, I think, um, I, I think from everything I've read and heard that the NHL is willing to kind of stagger out the expansion process. So if Seattle's not quite right. ready this year for an announcement, maybe next year. What do you think about that, Otto? No, I, I think that's great. I think I think the hope is that, you know, we have that NHL first, you know, Victor Coleman or whoever that is, has that NHL first MOU ready to go. And then once, once the FEIS is, you know, complete, that they will present that and, you know, we'd be able to put a presentation in front of, the Board of Governors meeting in June, my my only concern is just the Seattle process. You know, if yeah. let's say they, they have that MOU ready, right? And but then how how does that sell process come into play? Would they have to have public would they have to be you know several public opportunities for co- commentary? I mean you know, how much of that needs to happen or is this you know, is this new MOU do they not have to go to the you know you know, have a public uh, uh, forum session, and can they just, you know, just switch that around? I'm not sure. I think June, I think June is a little too aggressive uh, yeah. to have a proposal of, uh, ready for Board of Governors. But you know what? Starting playing in 2017, 2018, or 2018, 2019, I mean, that's, I, I think that's more of a realistic option, a realistic goal. And 
and besides, yeah. you don't you don't want a two team you don't want a two team expansion draft anyway. I mean, talk about the losing the talent pool on the expansion draft. So you only want okay. No, well, that's a good thought. That's a good thought. <laughs> yeah, you know if if. Uh, you know, if I could predict the way it's going to go, I, I think when May 7th comes around and they release the MO, the FEIS, I, I don't think they're going to be ready to go with the with any kind of any NHL first modification. But I do right. think that's going to maybe open the floodgates for the process. And, you know, who knows right. how long that might take. But maybe yeah. we can be in position in the fall or maybe we can be in position next spring but I, I just don't think this is gonna, you know, I, I think this is gonna happen. I just, I just have a feeling this is gonna happen. Um, yeah, I, you know, uh, go I, ahead. Um, I, I think if we can get something in place by um, when we're ready to act on the uh, master, the master use permit, which I believe is quarter one, twenty sixteen. Um, I think if we have something in place by then, I think that would bode well for twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. NHL team, but also remember, um, uh, Barzak comes back from vacation April first. So remember, okay. that was kind of the key. He was kind of the key with the Tequila Land, and he comes back April first. And all indications that we've seen and read is that uh, he would he would make an announcement. He would make some sort of plan or some sort of announcement. So that is another. Okay, that's going to be April interesting. 1st. That's tomorrow. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be in, that is tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, so it, we could we, we could have breaking news tomorrow. <laughs> that that would be interesting. I, you know, honestly, he should wait till April second because he should. <laughs> you know, no one's going to believe it if he does it tomorrow. But uh, you know that that's an interesting point. He's kind of, we kind of for, we've kind of forgotten this over the last few weeks. Um, yeah. Some people think that um, with the mayor's increased involvement and being uh, and putting the due date on the FEIS and uh, the increased priority, some people think that these other groups might just back off. Uh, so it'll be interesting with all the news coming out of Soto in the last mm-hmm. month. Um, yeah. Will these other groups actually step up? And make some kind of proposal because you know I if hope they, so. until they do, I hope they do too because I think competition is good, and I, I think if 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 he get, if he does step up and say yeah I want to do this this is my plan, um, that that will just motivate the Soto people even further, and it'll help get things done rather than rather than hinder it. So I hope it happens. All right, I, I so I all right so uh, a couple more things to get to on this show. Uh, in the last segment of the show later on, Otto and I are going to take another whack at the at the WHL playoffs. We're going to talk uh, Seattle Thunderbirds versus Portland Winterhawks. We're going to talk Everett Silvertips versus Spokane Chiefs. And we're going to talk Tri-City Americans versus the Mighty Kelowna Rockets. I'm not looking forward to that one. Hey, guess what? I have tickets. Otto, I have tickets to tomorrow night's game in, in Kennewick. So, yeah, I'm, I know they're playing uh, tonight. At 7:05, and uh, you know they have not done well. They've they've lost by a combined score of nine to nothing to Kelowna. Uh, so I'm hoping that they pull out a miracle tonight. So tomorrow's not a not an uh, elimination game, but well, uh, we'll I, see what, what happens. I hope for your sake they they can pull out a win. <laughs> yeah, me too. All right, so that's we'll talk more about that at the end of the show. Uh, we're going to take a quick break right now. When we call back, uh, Mr. John Barr is going to call in. I think I see his number popping up on the screen right now. 
and I'm looking forward to talking to him. Talking to him. So, uh, in the meantime, let's listen to a word from our friends at NPR Hockey Talk. Good afternoon. I'm Tiffany Francisca Jelly Novo. And I'm David Luis Gonzalez Chakrabarti. Thanks for joining us on NPR's Hockey Talk. Our first story. Pittsburgh Penguins goalie Marc-André Fleury made 31 saves for his league-leading ninth shutout of the NHL season as they topped the Los Angeles Kings 1-0. You know, David, it wasn't pretty, but the Penguins are happy to grind out those tough road wins down the stretch. Trenchant insight indeed, Tiffany. With only five weeks to go in the season, the victory moves Pittsburgh into a tie with the Rangers for second place in the Metropolitan Division. The Penguins still trail the Islanders by three points in the standings. In our next story, the Phoenix Coyotes may be on the move again, and the social justice implications may be troubling. Join us after the break. This is Hockey Talk on National Public Radio. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Drop that puck! Drop that puck! Drop that puck! Take a seat, because you've just been sent to the sin bin with your host, recently returned from his forced deportation to Canada and that country's subsequent refusal to accept him. segment of the send-in, and uh, as we announced earlier, we are talking to local hockey activists, or I guess hockey evangelists might be a better better way to put it, uh, John Barr. John, how are you? Doing well. Uh, evangelist, I like to, I, I've always thought of that as a good term, so I'll, we'll go with that. Okay. Um, all right, so every, you know, as you, as I think you probably remember, I, I'm kind of a recent convert to hockey. I, I, I really started following it during the Stanley Cup playoffs last year, and I really got hooked during the finals and uh, paid a lot of attention to it during the, you know, through the WHL and more attention than usual through the NHL this year. And of course, uh, you know, my as we get closer to hopefully getting an NHL team in Seattle, my interest is peaking even more. Um, but you, every everyone I talk to. Um, you know, it seems like anyone in the Seattle area who's into hockey uh, knows about you. So can you tell me, tell us a little bit about your hockey background? How did you get into this so heavily? Well, uh, the reality is I didn't grow up uh, playing hockey or around hockey. I grew up in, uh, um, in Oakland, California, kind of before the Sharks moved there. And hockey just wasn't part of my upbringing. Um, you know, I was into sports. I was a Believe it or not, I was a Raider fan. Just tough to admit. Oh, I was, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm an Oakland A's fan. Um, but I grew up on those sports, and and much like you, 
you know, I started, I think when the Sharks made the playoffs, I started watching um, a little bit and paying attention. And then I'm like, oh, wow, this is really, this is really an amazing sport and, and got hooked. And, and I think, you know, believe it or not, I think our, our, our story is, is followed a similar path where you just start kind of getting into it and following it. And then once you realize it, you're like, wow, this is an amazing sport. And I think that's what, um, I think that's, that speaks to the potential. I mean, I think you're, you're a shining example of that is, is we just haven't exposed mm-hmm. a lot of people in the area with, with hockey because right. we don't have a team. And that's, that's right. how I grew so, up. Um, okay. So how you, so you didn't grow up with it. How long ago would you say you started following it? Oh, um, you know, probably about, you know, 20 years ago and, and it, it started to progress more and more. I mean, I think I started kind of just paying attention to the playoffs. I mean, it's, you know, the regular season, you know, it, it seemed long at the time and I just didn't know the sport that well, but, um, the playoffs seemed to, to grip me and I'd watch a lot. Um, and so probably about 20 years, I think that's safe, safe estimate. Okay. And do I understand it correctly that you actually play hockey? Yep. Yeah, I do play hockey, and that's also another thing I grew up, uh, or I, I started as an adult, um, probably about probably about 15 years ago or so. Um, started. Um, I lived in Reno, Nevada at the time, and they just they got an ice rink, and I was watching a lot of hockey, so I'm like, well, I'll try this out, and so started playing down there and then moved up here about uh, 11 years ago. Um, and there's much more, there's much greater access in the Seattle area. I mean, you know, this isn't Toronto, this isn't Minnesota, you know, this isn't um, New England, but you, people don't realize how much hockey there is compared to like places like where I grew up in, in near Oakland where there wasn't, it just didn't exist. Right. Um, I mean, there were right. a couple of rinks, but it was, it was very, very, very small. And, and that's why I think, you know, I believe in this market so much um, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but I, I re- just really think that um, this is actually a much bigger market than, than San Francisco was San Francisco in the Bay area was before the sharks came down much, much bigger. And, and it has a lot more, but I don't want to say a lot more potential, but it, it's starting at a, at a better spot than San Jose did put it that way. Okay. Why, why would you say we're, we're starting at a better spot than San Jose? It, it's, it's it just wasn't part of you know um, the lexicon down in the sports lexicon there. People didn't talk about hockey um, before the Sharks came, and even when the Sharks came, it was still you know this small um, sport that people barely paid attention. Getting access to you know the TV wasn't as accessible as it as it is now, um, and so I just think that this is kind of a, a little bit. There's not as much competition. I mean, down there you had the Giants, you had the A's, you had the Warriors, you had the, the Niners, you had the Raiders, you also had um, Cal Berkeley, you had um, you have Stanford down there. I mean, there's a lot going on down there and a lot to compete with. And, you know, we have a lot up here, but it, I think, you know, having a, a single, single or two sports in the winter would be what this market needs and wants. I mean, you know, it's such a lull when, when the Seahawks end the season um, in the sports world as we as we kind of wait for baseball. And, you know, baseball is a long yeah, season, too. Like hibernation. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so also the proximity to Vancouver uh, would help, would it not? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, um, 
we talk about, you know, oh, Vancouver people will come down here, and they will. Um, they they will come down here uh, to check out games because it's a lot cheaper. Vancouver is actually one of the more expensive tickets in the league. Um, but there's also a lot of Canadians that live in the area that will go to games. Um, and then you also think about Calgary coming down and, you know, people from Calgary, when, when the Flames were, were would be playing in Seattle, they'd come down, um, Edmonton. And then you have people that are from Montreal or Toronto that live on the West Coast, whether it be um, in the British Columbia area or even up and down the coast of California or Oregon and, you know, down in the Bay, they probably fly up for games when um, when their teams are coming just as a good excuse to come down, come go see their, their team play. Okay. And for those of you that don't, that don't know, this is uh, John Barr that we're talking to, and he's the founder of a website called NHLToSeattle.com. John, how long has that website been up and running? Uh, I think about three years now. Um, you know, the the the, the backstory um, around that is, you know, I saw the great work that Bring Back the Sonics were doing, and and eventually Sonics Rising was doing. And I said, well, we need Seattle, uh, the hockey market needs a voice too. And, you know, flew pretty much under the radar for a while, you know, just in the background and, and followed the lead and kind of inspired by some of the early leaders. I mean, even like, um, you know, Brian's work um, early on, I thought that was, it was inspiring to me. And that's kind of the, the origin of it. As I saw some great work that, that was being done on the basketball front, I said, well, you know, let's fill in the, the NHL to help out as much as I can. Okay. So, and, and it seems, so the purpose of the website seems obvious. You're trying to get the NHL to Seattle. Um, so, you know, that, that seems to be your primary avenue as what I'm calling, I'm just going to call you from now on the hockey evangelist. That's okay. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'll live with that. Yeah. You'll live with that. Okay, good. Okay, so you, you're trying to spread the word about hockey in a region that historically, I mean, other than uh, the WHL, uh, that historically is more of a basketball town. What would you say has been your biggest challenge or maybe your biggest frustration with trying to spread the word about the sport in this region? Well, I mean, I know it's it's uh, it, frustration is probably a little too, too strong of a term, but um, – convincing people that that there is a lot of hockey people in the area already and that the potential for um, exposing the sport to a new set of fans um, could be really compelling and, and people just haven't been exposed to it. So, so I think that's an opportunity. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's just a a very unique sport that a lot of people, I, I mean, I, I needed somehow somebody introduced me to it to start watching the playoffs and all of a sudden I fell in love with it. I mean, I play three times a week, you know, this is, this is, this is part of me now. Like, um, and I think I I don't, I'm not naive enough to say it's for everybody, but I think there's, there's a lot of people out there that don't even realize that they're going to love it so much. All right. Um, So it seems like every time I turn around, you're hopping a plane somewhere. And every time, every time I turn around, you're posting pictures from some NHL arena somewhere. What have you been? What? Tell me about your travels recently. What have you been up to? Well, I literally just got in today, um, and like arrived at my house about 15 minutes before this phone call. Um, but every year I take a trip um, 
to a new hockey arena. I'd like to hit them all eventually. Um, and this, I've been dying to go to Nashville for a long time. And while in Nashville, I kind of um, drove up to St. Louis and checked out a game there. So spent about three three days enjoying uh, the sights in Nashville, and that's a great town. And then um, with with it culminating with a, a game um, at Bridgestone um, against the Calgary Flames on Sunday night. Then um, first thing Monday morning, that's yesterday, if I can keep my day straight, I uh, we drove five hours up to uh, St. Louis to check out a game there um, against uh, Vancouver, actually. So uh, I do that. I do that because there's no team here. Um, and I love the sport. And, uh, you know, like I say this a lot is, is it, Literally, I get chills every time the game, you know, the the intros start and the game starts to begin, and and because I know that eventually we'll have a team here, and and yeah. I think of that all the time. I I happened to be in Boston um, a couple months or uh, about a month ago for the sports analytics conference, um, and the Bruins were playing at the same time, so I actually saw a game there uh, about uh, I think it's about six weeks ago now. So okay, so how many NHL arenas have you visited so far? Uh, St. Louis was 14. Um, last year I actually, um, caught a game, the, one of the outdoor games in LA at Dodger stadium. And I don't really consider that I've not been uh, to a game Staples or, um, at the pond down in Anaheim. So, um, but I, you're, I you're about halfway through the league now. Yeah. You're yeah, about halfway I'm, through the league. I'm somehow that that's correct. And I'm trying to figure out, I I might try to, figure out a way to get down to Anaheim for a playoff game. Cause I have a, a good friend there and, and flights might be cheap enough to make it worthwhile. So. Okay. All right. So you've been to about half the NHL markets. Um, you know, you, it seems like you're probably spending a little time uh, around the hockey community down there besides just going to the game. Uh, what's been your favorite hockey community to spend time with in, in these travels you've been doing? Um, you know, a lot of the markets are very different, um, but but and so to pick one is saying, oh, this is my favorite is, is not totally fair. But at the same time, there are certain ones that stand out. And um, uh, went to St. Paul last year to see uh, the Minnesota Wild play. But no, that was a couple of years ago, and that was that was really uh, that was a really cool environment. Um, Good fans, very respectful fans. I mean, I, I go there pretty much rooting for the home team, no matter who it is. Um, but mm-hmm. great to talk to. Talked about Seattle, and you know, and and you know, they were having a good time. It seems like a great environment. I thought that was, and that the arena is gorgeous there. Um, and then I, I think Nashville was this amazing, um, very local, very unique um, experience as well. And it feels. It feels I was I was trying to put my 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 finger on it, but it, it feels like very modern, like a modern franchise um, where they're evolving with um, the nature of sports. Where Boston is great and 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 uh, very unique in itself and super passionate fans, but it, it's it's kind of the old regime. It's almost like a uh, the I, I I don't mean anything by it, but like kind of an old school franchise where things like Nashville and even Minneapolis or um, Minnesota, those, those feel really modern and they're evolving like um, with kind of the times. Um, so I, I think those two, I'd, I'd say um, St. Paul, which is the Minnesota wild and then Nashville is probably 
one of my favorite all up experiences and, and just a, just a great vibe. Okay. All right. So who are you rooting for in the playoffs coming up? I know it sounds like you're a Sharks fan, uh, but it's, I don't think they're having that good of a year. So, so who are you, who are you going for this year? Um, it will probably be the Nashville Predators. Um, although I'm not sure, I'm not sure they're good enough. They, their record is better than, than I think they really are. I'm, I'm rooting for them. I've actually followed them for quite a while um, because they were always kind of this underdog franchise, underdog city. Um, they've they've actually been pretty successful making the playoffs for what is kind of a, a smaller market team. So I'll, I'll probably be rooting for them in the West and in the East. Ooh, that's going to be tough. Um, but there's a kid that was uh, born and raised in Spokane plays for the Tampa Bay Lightning, so I might be rooting for them as uh, kind of our local guy. So, Okay, what's his name? Uh, Tyler Johnson. Um, Tyler Johnson. And he was undrafted. Uh, yeah, he uh born and raised in Spokane and then played for the Spokane Chiefs. Um, so he's a good story and, a, you know, he's a, he's a great player too. All right. And I know you're a T-Birds fan. And uh, the the T Birds and the and the Winterhawks are tied one one in their opening series. How do you think that series is going to wind up? I think uh, I think Seattle's got a good chance of pulling that one off. Um, even though they're the lower seed, um, you know, I think they've they're peaking at the right time. They played really well down the stretch, and uh, um, I'm looking for Seattle to take uh, the next two games and then maybe even get um, Game Five down in Portland. So. Okay. I'm also a Silver Tips fan. I got to be honest. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty supportive okay. of both teams. Um, so yeah, I just you know, want I, more hockey in the area. And if, yeah, for for myself, I've I've gone to a few Tri City Americans game, and I actually have tickets to tomorrow's game against Kelowna. I'm hoping that won't be an elimination game, but I have a feeling it will be. But, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm an Americans fan, uh, but I I have been you know I went to the one of the preseason tournaments in Everett and and I like the atmosphere there. So, you know, I I don't really have I, I guess the the Americans are my favorite, but I also kind of like the idea of the, the Silver Tips and the uh and you know the, the Thunderbirds, the ones that I'm probably not so much in favor of is the Winter Hawks and the Chiefs. But uh um, yeah. yeah, that's just how it goes. Um yeah. all right, so we we've skirted around this issue a little bit so far. Uh you started your website for the purpose of trying to get the NHL into town. Uh there's been quite a bit of things going on in the news in the last couple of months. I mean we had uh what a month and a half ago, two months uh, the commissioner of the NHL mentions Tukwila and Bellevue as options. And then Jeff Baker came out with his story detailing some ownership groups that could possibly come forward. Um, and the mayor of Seattle has gotten way more involved than, than some of us thought he might get involved. Uh, what's your impressions of the way things are going for us right now? Well, you know, it, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's tough, right? As fans, as fans, we really want to know everything there is to know about every single deal, what we can do to help, what owners, you know, what owners are involved. We want to know, I mean, you know, you're probably like me. I'm chomping at the bit to learn as much as I can about every single aspect mentioned in the Baker story of the Tuckwilla site or whatever. 
but the reality is that's not that's not how business really gets done. You don't negotiate in public and you need to these things take time and I know I know based on reading, you know, my community's um comments and feedback is that uh you know, the city, the, the city council is screwing it up and and they're not doing things appropriately or quick enough. Unfortunately, I think they're doing the right thing and taking the time and making sure precautions are 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 kind of taken and and not rushing to doing this right, doing the EIS as frustrating as that might be. And yes, there's definitely an opportunity to go quicker. I, I'm not going to say that that that's going to plan, but let's do it right. Be let's not rush anything. I mean, this if we do it right that minimizes the exposure we have for potential lawsuits later instead of rushing it through. And so, so I'm I'm kind of on the fence, like, Hey, I'm, I'm I'm sitting here patiently trying to, trying to navigate the news and make sense of the news. I mean, if I think the, the uh, Soto arena is probably the best spot for it right now. um, And it's got the furthest progress, but if that doesn't work, you know, I'm I'm hoping we go somewhere else. And and I've looked at the Bellevue and Tuck Willow site. And at first I was kind of a little bit um, skeptical of the Tuck because, you know, I, I see that as much further south. But in the reality is it's right on the Seattle border. And it's not wow. that far, not that far away, really, from the, the Seattle, the Soto Arena. And it and it reminds me, it's it's not it's a little further, but it reminds me of Philadelphia. Um and Philadelphia has their three complexes way down at the south end of the city. Like not necessarily where in the downtown area or walkable from downtown, but it's a subway ride that's pretty quick and easy. And it's very it the Tuck Willow site would be very similar to Philadelphia, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah, you know, my impression is and maybe uh maybe you disagree, but um you know, it's, it seems like the mayor is more open to an NHL first modification, and I think we all hope that happens, and we don't know what – we have no idea what's in Victor Coleman's head right now and, or what he might be willing to contribute to make that happen. But I think the city council is going to follow his lead. Um, but it seems like if Seattle uh, – if the Soto Arena is able to get an, an NHL first modification, they're going to win this thing hands down. Uh, but if they don't do that, uh, then that opens a door for Tequila. What do you think about that? Well, I think I think Tuck Willow could work, um, but you know, like uh, I, I definitely think it could work. And I think when you think about the the surrounding areas that could be developed and and kind of what that could become down there, I think the vision is it could be pretty significant. Um, and we do have kind of this uh, housing crunch, and you know, we we've, we've got this dense city center that you know, maybe there can be some, some opportunity to kind of have a new kind of thriving neighborhood down there. Um, that said, um, I'd like to understand the reasons why the Soto wouldn't work. Right. Um, and, yeah. and kind of choose to make my, you know, I'm, I'm reserving judgment until I know those reasons, whether, and, and, um, you know, there's another player here, which you know very well, and that's, that's Chris Hansen. I mean, he owns the land, I mean, he's got to look out for his interest as well. I can't expect him to to just fold over and let some hockey um, first scenario come in without you know him being taken into consideration. And I know he is right, but I'm just saying, you know, I'm just kind of reiterating yeah. that that's a very the whole thing is very fluid and complex. That it's tough to kind yeah. Of, I mean, I I think I think he's yeah. willing, um, but I but I think. Um, 
you know, a lot of this is going to fall on the hockey guys. I mean, if if Mr. Coleman or whoever, you know, whoever else might appear is willing to kick in uh, enough towards uh, Chris Hansen and enough towards the city council to lower both of their risks, it seems like uh, this could have a chance to happen. Um, yeah. But, yeah. you know, it, it's just hard to say. It's just hard to say. Um, yeah. I, I know that um, a lot of the times, um, you know, as I moderate over at Sonics Rising, uh, you know, there it seems like there's been some frustration between the two communities, between the basketball and the and the hockey communities at times because, you know, sometimes the hockey community, which I'm actually considering myself more and more a part of, they they would get frustrated. Well, why isn't the city council or Chris Hansen willing to consider this? And then uh, the basketball community w- w- might buck up and say, well, why isn't the hockey guys uh, willing to contribute towards it. But the truth is it's it's in the middle and, and both of them have to come together. And, and you know, I, I kind of think it will. What do you think? I, I totally do. And I think, you know, believe it or not, I think they're talking now. Um, and more, more probably on the Hanson and Victor Coleman side um, and trying to figure out what it would take uh, to, mitig- to mitigate the city or county's risk. Um, but I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I think both or all three parties want to see this happen. And I think there's a, is an excellent opportunity to make it happen. Uh, it's just very complex. I mean, we're talking a $500 million asset down there. Um, Hanson's already got what $50 million worth of land. I mean, I'm not one to say like, just turn over this. I mean, that's, you know, that that's, I don't tell people how to spend their money and, and it, doesn't matter how much money you have, that's up to you. Um, and I don't think it's any different from Coleman or Hanson, right? I mean, Coleman might not have yeah. the money. Hanson might not have the money to take on the risk. And that's, that's stuff that's out of our control. I mean, and we have to, we have to accept that. I mean, it's, it's frustrating as it is. I mean, we all want this to happen, but the reality yeah. is like we're trying to work together and it might not work. Yeah, that, there is that possibility but we'll just have to, to hope that this all comes together. All right. So um, yeah. in the past, you, you have worked, I think you organized these, the, the hockey hangouts over at the Angry Beaver. Do you have any uh, plans as to do some more of those, or what, what are your thoughts in that area? Um, that was more Todd that organized that, but I moderated those panels. Um, yeah, I think, I think we'll, I'm Certain we'll probably do that. I think uh, doing it after uh, the season might be a better option. But one thing I'm looking to do is kind of organize a maybe a get together for the opening round of the playoffs, like on a Friday or Saturday night, depending on what the schedule lines up at at a bar in Seattle. And maybe we can kind of have some some uh, satellite get-togethers or meetups, if you will. Um, so I'm kind of I'm actually talking to a couple of venues to see, you know. Um, if they would be willing to host um, us, you know, any hockey fans getting together and uh, maybe I'll even throw out an auction off or not auction, uh, raffle off a couple of t-shirts. So um, I think right now it's like, yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, kind of have everybody uh, enjoy the playoffs and then, um, you know, we're we're still waiting for the EIS. So it, it, it it will provide a nice, distraction as we wait for the EIS to come out in May. So, Yeah, well, that's due May 7th, and uh, it just seems like uh, we should prepare for a flood of news in many directions when that comes out. 
So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think, um, you know, uh, people come to me and say, hey, what can I do? What can I do? And I think I think we all need to sit tight for a bit as we wait this process to kind of to see it through. I mean, I think the mayor stepped up to really kind of advocate and be a little bit more transparent on the process. But once that happens, that's when we need to kick into action. And, and Paul, you know, from, from the, from the basketball side on the early, early on. And, and I was there at, at, at some of the same city council meetings you were at, um, you know, and emailing the city council, that's what we might have to do. I mean, there's no, no, no call to action yet, but we just need to kind right. of all be ready to do that. And I think, I think now's a good time to kind of rest up. And I thought, um, I yeah. thought Brian's uh, message on the podcast was really good about kind of like, you know, rest up and, and be, be ready um, to do some work. And I think we might have to do that. You know, and I, I, I do think we're going to have to do that to a degree. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we don't have to do it to the level that we did the first time around. You know, uh, a lot of times it got really emotional. And sometimes I said th- some things to some council members that I wish I could take back. Uh, but you just <laughs> learn from it and move on, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, you know, we, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we, we kind of get frustrated, but now that we've kind of been through one round of it, we probably have a better idea of what to expect and kind of appropriate process and, and messaging and, and how to communicate our, our thoughts and feelings a little bit better. Right. All right, John, well, your website is NHL to Seattle.com. That's NHL Seattle.com. And I also encourage people to check out your Facebook page and give that a like. Uh, there, there's a lot of good information that gets, gets passed off there as well. And, John, I want to thank you for your time, and I want to thank you for all the work you've done for the hockey community in Seattle. Well, thank you. I mean, I love this podcast. I've, I've I'm listened to every one. I, I had to listen to the last one while I was in Nashville, but um, enjoyed the coverage of the, the Roosevelt, um, uh, you know, potential uh, – rinks and, and complex um, and just kind of talked about some of those issues. And you've had some great, you've had some amazing guests. Like I feel honored to be on it, honestly. So I well, appreciate you're, the work you're also you guys one of those doing. guests. So. And, and, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, John. Well, all right, Paul, we'll you, have a great you one. You probably got a meeting to get to and, uh, <laughs> and we will talk to you later. All right. Sounds good, Paul. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, John. All right, that was uh, John Barr, the once again, who is the founder of the website NHLtoSeattle.com. Uh, that was he had quite a bit to say. Otto, what did what did you take from that interview? I think I think the biggest thing I took away from John was that you know, you know, at at the very end, I think what the the most important thing was you know get ready, you know get ready. He kind of echoed the same sentiments that Brian did. Get ready once once the EIS comes out. Once once you know once that starts happening, get ready and get and just be prepared to like you know go, start going to city council meetings again. Start emailing people. Start making phone calls. Just rest up and get ready because um, I think it's going to be a more of a controlled process this time and and not as contentious, but. Um, I, I I do think that we, the sports fan in this market, uh, we have we're going to have a role to play, and um, you know I'm looking forward to that. And also the the other you know some of the things of him 
um, you know, compare, you know, just kind of like his hockey story, you know, how how he became a fan. That was just really interesting to listen to, uh, you know, not being in a traditional market, how he just kind of got exposed to it. And then because he got exposed to it, he fell in love with it. And I think, I think that's the key. Like he mentioned, I think that's the key for people in Seattle. I, they don't know what they're missing out on, you know. And once you, yeah, I was I was surprised that, by that part. I I was expecting him to tell me uh, that oh I you know I learned to skate when I was five. Uh, I scored my first goal when I was seven, and I've just always 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 been a hockey fan. That's what yeah. I was expecting come out of his mouth and. Uh, right. Instead, he he was kind of like me, although I mean he's 20 years ahead of me. But he, but he did not grow up with hockey, but he fell in love with it uh, when he became an adult. And I, uh, you know, I, I think uh, when when Seattle gets exposed to an NHL franchise and when they when they attend those games and, and see what the hockey environment is all about, I think I think Seattle's going right. to eat this sport up. Right. I mean, you, you already see you already see the passion. And how crazy fans can get just from the junior hockey games that we have here. Some of the rivalries, you know, that Seattle has versus Everett and Seattle has versus Portland. You already see that passion there. So just, you know, multiply that by, you know, who knows how much when we finally get an NHL team. And then, you know, we won't be divided up between Spokane and Everett. Seattle. we'll all be one, you know, united. Can you just imagine that? I mean, that, it's, it's, it's going to be amazing to see. Yeah. All right. Um, when we come back, we're going to take a quick break right now. Uh, but when we come back, uh, we're going to talk some WHL. And uh, Otto, as you know, the, the WHL playoffs have, have gotten underway. And we're going to discuss how things are going with the U.S. division teams of the WHL. And we're also going to uh, cover real quick um, some recent, well, some news that just came out today, apparently, about the labor situation in the WHL. And we'll hit that when we come back. And everyone just listen to uh, some more good stuff from our friends over at National Public Radio. Good morning. I'm Tiffany Tariki Goldberg. And I'm David Gustafson Chang. And this is Hockey Talk on National Public Radio. Our top story, playoffs are just around the corner with only six weeks to go in the NHL regular season. The Nashville Predators have hit a rough patch, losing six consecutive games, but still remain in a strong position for the stretch run. Meanwhile, early this season, the goaltending of Michael Hutchinson was one of the highlights for the Winnipeg Jets, but ever since the All-Star break, the rookie netminder has fallen apart as the Minnesota Wild and the Los Angeles Kings began to charge hard for the wildcard spots. In the 13 games Hutchinson has played since the All-Star break, he's posted an SP below 900 in seven games, while posting a mark above 920 just seven times. Hmm. That's just not going to get it done, David. How very apropos. Sources indicate the coaching staff is employing new methods to get Hutchinson's mind back into the game, including alternative therapies for confidence building. For example, did you know that in Sanskrit... The root of the verb, to be, is the same as to grow or to make grow. I did not know that. (laughs) How very interesting. Jets fans all over Canada are hoping it succeeds. Speaking of Canada, today's musical interludes are field recordings 
by indigenous lesbian repurposed percussion and penny whistle duo Nefertiti's Tuk from Nunavut Province. Folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey. Here we go. Take a seat because you've just been sent to the sin bin with your host, Paul Rogers, who is a college graduate. That's what it said in the yearbook, Jim. Uh-huh. All right. Welcome back to our final segment of the Sin Bin. And uh, this time, Otto and I uh, are going to talk some WHL, and we're going to hit the playoff action in the U.S. division. But, Otto, before we get to that, uh, something came down the wires uh, just before we started the show. What What's going on with the labor situation in the WHL? Yeah, so the, um, the WHL labor bill, which uh, – which would have uh, exempt uh, the the junior hockey players uh, for the labor laws. Uh, it passed the Washington State House Labor Committee today by a five to two vote this this morning, and now it heads to the House floor for the final vote. There, uh, it had it had previously uh, unanimously passed through the state Senate. <clears throat> if the full House passes it, then um, the the then it will become law. So. Um, the, you know, the, the background of this was the, uh, the the league is subject to the State Department of Labor and Industry investigation because there was a child labor complaint was was filed back in 2013. So the WHL teams came in and they requested that the the players be or were exempt from um, be classified as employees as employees and, and now instead of have an exception uh, as more of like a student athlete. So. Right. And so I, I do think this would be a good change. Yeah. I think this would be a good change for the league and it, and, and I hope it happens, but at the same time, you and I have, all, have also talked about before when this came up, I think, it, I think when uh, Chris Daniels was on the show, you and I talked about some changes that the WHL does need to make. And that involved both the stipend and the restrictions on the scholarships. Can you touch on that briefly again? Yeah, the, I think the biggest sticking point that I've seen is is the is the kind of the the restrictions uh, surrounding the time frame of when you can use the uh, the education stipend. I, I I think what needs to happen is they need to increase um, the amount of more flexibility. And, and when you can use that and how long you can use that. I think that will go a lot, a long way to kind of help ease a lot of people's minds um, 
you know, instead of uh, not being, you know, going over the, going over the, the, um, oh my goodness, you know, going past the, the, the deadline time when you can use it. So I, th- I think it would help the process a lot if, if the Canadian Hockey League, if they expanded the, the length of time on the education. All right. Well, let's hope that that happens, and let's, let's hope this bill passes, and let's hope that the WHL makes the changes that they really should make um, to make it right for the players. Um, all right, so enough with the business side of sports. Let's get to the fun stuff. We've got WHL playoffs that started late last week. Um, the uh, Portland Winterhawks and the Seattle Thunderbirds have uh, come out to a 1-1 tie. Um, Seattle uh, took it 4-3 to in game one. Portland one three to two in game two. Uh how do you see that series going so far? Portland Portland won three three nil in game two. Actually the both of the first two games have been really tight. Seattle actually had to come come back to win game one. They're down three two and uh it took a late goal by Matthew Barzell to win that game. And then um game two that Portland won three nothing uh, Portland was that was essentially a defensive battle, which was kind of surprising because both teams were pretty good offensively. But Portland only had a, held a one nothing lead, probably with about two and a half minutes left. Um, the T-Birds pulled their goalie, and then um, Portland got two empty net goals to make it look like it was a blowout. But in fact, it was actually really a close game. Um, they pulled their goalie nothing. with a one nothing lead. Uh, T-Birds were they down. Their goalie with okay. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. The T-Birds pulled their goalie. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Now, T-Birds pulled their, pulled their goalie as they're down one nothing, and then Portland scored okay. two uh, empty net goals. Um, okay. So, so, so it was much nice, closer than it looked. Oh, yeah. So tonight's game three, I mean, it's going to I mean, it's gonna be this, you know, this, this is going to go seven seven games. I can tell, uh, you know, Seattle, Seattle has done a pretty good job of kind of keeping in line keeping check at Portland's kind of top top two lines, offensive lines. So as long as we keep on doing that, I think we have a really good shot. Uh, obviously winning game three is going to go a long way to determining, you know, who's going to win seven game series. But um, I think Seattle's going to, I think Seattle's going to win tonight and then hopefully Seattle wins on Thursday. All right. All right. The other series, one of the other series we're looking at is the Everett Silver Tips versus the Spokane Chiefs. Uh, the hated Spokane Chiefs, if I can add that in there. Uh, the Everett, it's been a couple of really divergent games. Uh, Everett kind of clobbered Spokane 5-1 in the first game, but Spokane came back in game two and did something similar with a 6-2 game, with a 6-2 victory. Yeah. What's going on in that series? Yeah, both of those, um, both of, both of those games, you know, the first game, you know, the Tips won 5-1, but um, they're, they were actually down a goal in the third period, and they scored a, they scored five goals in the third period. Oh, wow. um, yeah, and it, it, it's been a really, really kind of a, a lot of bad blood between those two teams because there was a there was a line brawl that broke out um, in the third period, and the two teams combined for 142 uh, penalty minutes in the third period. So there were a ton of uh, bad blood and fisticuffs going on uh, in game one, and then. Uh, the second second game, you know, the Chiefs uh, they they went up really big early. They scored they scored um, they scored four 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 goals in that first period, 
and then they never look back. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. Spokane's, um, uh, you know, they're a pretty good team, but you know, I, I would have thought that Everett would have kind of been a little more dominating. But um, we'll see what happens. You know, obviously, game three, you know, it's going to be important for whatever team to, you know, kind of see who decides um, who's going to start taking this. But uh, it's been a good series so far. Yeah. You know, I just can't have Spokane advancing past the silver tips. I, I just can't have that. You know, for one thing, they're the, the chief rival of my team, the, the Tri-City Americans. Yeah. For another thing, I've got this friend in North Idaho. His name's Corey. And Corey um, is kind of a double whammy. I'm not really sure why we're friends exactly. But he oh. is a hard, he is a hardcore 49ers fan. Oh God! And and he's a Spokane Chiefs fan. So I, you know, he was trying to explain it to me, and I would pr- I would try to pass on the explanation. But the truth is, there's there's no <laughs> justification for either one of those things. So it would be meaningless, oh, right? God. Right. All right. Exactly. Now that leads that leads us to another series that doesn't look like it's going to be all that close. Um, maybe the best team in the WHL, Kelowna Rockets, uh, have jumped out to a 2 nothing lead over my Tri-City Americans, and it hasn't been pretty. Kelowna took the first game 6 nothing, and the second game 3 nothing. They are facing off tonight as well. Any hope for my guys? I, you know, I don't know. I thought if uh, Comrie, I thought if he, you know, played out of his mind, they had a shot. But, you know, obviously nothing's clicking for the Americans. And this, this, you know, this might just be a quick uh, four-game sweep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, so, I'm hoping they at least, at, at least win one for me tomorrow. I'm, going, you know, I I got the tickets today. Uh, buddy and my buddy of mine who's never been to a hockey game uh, has been curious about it. Has has seen how excited I've been about it and wanted to check. Has been wanting to check out a game all year and hasn't been able okay. to until just now. So we're going to a playoff game. And I, I go to order the tickets today, Auto, and you know I'm surprised as I go to Ticketmaster, there's still a ton of seats available. I mean, maybe it's because um, they they went into playoffs with a losing record, and I, everyone kind of sees them as a lame duck. But it's not yeah. like that in Seattle and Everett, is it? I mean, uh, you get well, yeah. over on that side of the mountains, you guys are getting lots of fans for the playoffs, aren't you? Yeah, and I think you know, I mean, I think it's also also the size. I think the size of the cities, you know, just the population centers, and you know, both both Everett and Seattle, you know, they had really good seasons, and they're playing, they're playing, you know, in-state rivals. So I mean, I think what Seattle played, you know, uh, facing Portland, and those are our rivals. So, you know, you knew that it was going to uh, sell out, and so Tuesday, I mean, I, I believe tonight to sell out, anyways. Um, yeah. And then Everett was playing against Spokane, so I think I think what helped a lot in those two teams' cases is that. Is that they're they're you know you know they're both around I think Everett's 20 games over 500, and like uh, Seattle's like 15 games where where America's yeah. like seven games under 500. So yeah, I, I think the that has a lot to do with it. I think that has a lot to do with it. You know because when I when I bought tickets uh, the first couple times this year, um, um, it was there were uh, quite a few tickets available during the regular season. But not like this. I mean, I think there's uh, fewer tickets available during the regular season when I went earlier than there is now. Uh, so yeah. even though they have a bad record, I was just kind of surprised by that. Well, also, also, I mean, the the six nothing. I mean, losing two games, nine <clears> nothing. <throat> I mean, that might kind of deflate. Yeah. The deflate the fan base a little bit. 
So, yeah, it, hey, yeah, it it doesn't give me a lot of confidence going over, but uh, I'm going, yeah. and I'm looking I'm looking forward to seeing some hockey again before the season's over. And I I hope they just put one. Uh, well, first of all, that let they could win tonight. I mean, it would have That's to be a heck of a game. But you know, at least at least uh, give me a good game tomorrow, if nothing else. But, uh, That's what I'm saying, Paul. I mean, you uh. You know, you win tonight, you know, get a little dare to dream going, you know, maybe win tomorrow, yeah. you know. I mean, who knows? Yeah. But, you know, I, I saw I, one of the games I saw this season was them playing Kelowna, and those guys are just a level above anyone else in the w, in, in the U.S. division, for to be sure, I think. And uh, they, they're just really good. Uh, no matter where the Americans go with the puck, there's someone in their face. Uh, yeah, so we, you know they have you know a huge the, challenge yeah. to win. You know what the interesting thing is, Paul, is that uh, the T-Birds actually have done pretty well against the Rockets uh, uh, this year, and just the last two games, home and home, uh, the T-Birds won both of those games. So, you know, Rockets yeah. are tough, but they're not they're not invincible. So we'll yeah, you know, there's another there's another angle to this that I hadn't thought about until last week when one of the commenters at Sonics Rising mentioned it. But uh, there's history Kelowna Rockets in the state of Washington in that uh, they used to be the Tacoma Rockets. So, uh, uh, so we want them to go down, don't we? Yeah, that's 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 a little uh, little stab to the dagger right there. Yeah, the Ro- Tacoma Rockets. I want to say like mid '90s. Um, they were here for a few years. They're actually. They played in the T-Dome. Um, for the first couple of years, uh, Tacoma versus Seattle, they they used to you know they used to put eight to ten to twelve thousand people in the T-Dome uh, for those wow. games. So, yes, yeah, Tacoma Tacoma definitely has a hockey tr- tradition with the Rockets, and then later on with the SaberCats. Um, so it does hurt a little bit that the Rockets are now up in Canada. Yeah. So, uh, Kelowna, thy name is Oklahoma City. So uh, we're, we're going to hope that they go down uh, and go down hard. And what better way to go down than for yeah? Than, what better way to, for it to happen than for uh, the lowest seed in the playoffs, my Tri City Americans, to be giant slayers? All right, that brings us to the end of tonight's show. And uh, Otto, I want to thank you, Otto Rogers. I want to thank you once again for being my co-host. I want to thank once again John Barr for stepping on with us. Um, and I want to thank uh, all of you for listening once again. And uh, I encourage you to check out our new Facebook page and give it a like. Um, we were around 330 likes earlier today. I want to get up to around 600 within a couple weeks. So uh, I want to double uh, the traffic on that on that page. So give us a like and um, uh, continue to support SonicsRising.com and continue to support the effort to bring the NHL and the NBA to Seattle. And you guys have a great week, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you.
Sin Bin with Paul Rogers. 